to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Today is a very, very special day on Cloud and Clear because we have a very different kind of guest. Uh, we have a guest who is not only from a major airline at a midst of a global pandemic, one, Two is that he's in a people group and in the HR executive role, which is not too common for a cloud and clear audience. And the third, of course, my very first guest out of East Asia. Welcome our very special guest, Mo Karamzia from AirAsia. Hi, Tony. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been uh, looking at your podcast for some time now. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, I've been following all the amazing work that AirAsia is doing as a poster child of, of Google Cloud and everything that's possible, especially amongst airlines. I mean, I'm sure you appreciate how innovative the rest of the world and the ecosystem looks at the work that AirAsia does. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you today. Same here. Before we dive into the, that uh, work, I, I really want to know more about you as a person, your career trajectory how it all came together, um, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, so, as you know, it's a complicated name, so you can call me Mo throughout the conversation. Uh, so, I've been with AirAsia, with this uh, great airline for the last uh, almost one year. I joined here from Nokia. Uh, I spent around a decade in Nokia, and, uh, you know, it was time to move on to a new and modern organization in AirAsia was uh, it just simply topped the chart because of the people, the atmosphere, the, you know, the management, and it was just a perfect move at the perfect time. Well, from the outside, it certainly seems uh, like the hub of innovation, and it's so exciting that it's happening, you know, in Malaysia. Uh, what are some of the things that make AirAsia so special? See, um, AirAsia, actually, it's uh, for me, when I joined, it was a total surprise that uh, an airline could be so technologically advanced and, you know, they have a perfect digital, digital agenda and they have, uh, you know, they're looking beyond being an airline only. So I'll just give you a little bit of vision and how things are at AirAsia. So uh, AirAsia's vision is simple, allow everyone to fly. Uh, and this goes for internal and external people as well. For internal, it's uh, uh, allow everyone to fly means that allow everybody to, to grow in this organization. And for external, it's simply because of it's a budget airline, we want everybody uh, you know, to be able to fly. The airline itself was founded in 2001. AirAsia and sister company called AirAsia X have grown uh, to service in 150 plus destinations in more than 20 markets. Wow. Uh, we have around close to 300 aircrafts, uh, and we operate 11,000 plus weekly flights from 23 hubs across the region. That is a remarkable reach. That is amazing. And you know, airlines are not the easiest business to operate. We know that from the US market and the global market and other developing markets in India, et cetera. They're very hard to make work. Um, so, I mean, it seems that you also took this role 
because I mean, you're, you're, you're head of, you know, HR, right? So it's a people element that that's something special about the airline in terms of something excited you to come there and, and own HR. So do you think that's correlated to the success of the airline? And if so, like, what is that connection? It is actually, so I'm heading people operations, Tony, for the group, uh, you know, just imagine. So we, well, I mean, we talk about airline as as an airline, right? But for AirAsia, we we say that it's a travel tech company. Just imagine uh, an airline with a fintech company, airline it's a, uh, airline itself, a trip planner, a travel agent which is AirAsiaGo.com, uh, an e-commerce platform which is AirAsia.com, reward system, online store, a restaurant, a logistics logistics company and a startup investor, which is called Red Beat Ventures. So wow. it's a combination of so many things that makes this company great. How do you look at the HR function? Like how many employees right now? So the, the total headcount, so we call our people all-stars. So we have 24,000 plus all-stars in the group. And uh, so we call it people and culture. Our department is called, uh, in short, we call it PAC, which is people and culture. And I'm taking care of the entire people operations for the group. Wow. Well, look, there's no more trying time, probably, especially in PAC, people operations, (laughs) than right now in this moment in time. And I've been saying that there's no bigger test for a company's uh, strategy and resolve and financial di- diligence and all this. But at the end of the day, there's no bigger test of its people and culture than what we're experiencing right now. And I can only imagine how much more amplified it is if you're really in the sphere of one of the most impacted industries on the planet, which is airlines, in the midst of COVID-19. So how have you been handling that? I mean, are you working like 22-hour days for the last three months? Or like, what's going on over there? <laughs> It's been busy. It's been busy. Uh, and as you said, it's a, it's a testing time. But I think, you know, all these testing times define the leaders as well. So our leadership, including the, the group CEO, Tony Fernandez, he has been so involved with people. So, you know, constantly in touch with the teams, uh, you know, in uh, virtual town halls where he explains the situation of the market. And the best thing is that he's very positive. He looks at the situation that it's a learning uh, experience for all of us. I mean, uh, for me, this is the first time that something like this is happening. And for many others as well, and especially the younger generation. Uh, but it, the, way he, uh, the, the way he goes through the business situation on a very regular basis, I think that is what keeps us uh, moving. And then our country responsible people are in touch with the, with the government officials on how things will be, will be looking like in the coming months. So yesterday in Malaysia, Malaysia is the biggest market. We have 10,000 all-stars here. Uh, it was announced that they are relaxing the, uh, the movement order, which is, you know, the, uh, yeah, the, we call it MCO, which is movement control order. Uh, and then our internal flights, the domestic flights would open. Uh, and we are already seeing that you know, the domestic flights have a, a 60 to 70% uh, uh, attraction. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I know a couple of people that have flown recently, including some people within SADA, some people at Google, and their experience, uh, as they're describing it, seems so 
you know, it's challenging because it's very different than before. There's all these additional measures and precautions and restrictions on just the tactics of how to get on the plane and how everything operates. I can only imagine the, the planning around that. But how, what did you have to do operationally with the people? Like, did you experience some of the things here that I've seen in, you know, U.S. and Canada? Were there furloughs? Were there layoffs? Like, how did, how did those things happen over there and, and uh, for your all-stars? Yes. So, you know, the best thing about AirAsia is until now we have not announced any um, uh, uh, any right-sizing activity within wow. AirAsia. So what we are trying to do is we're using people. So, of course, when your birds are down, uh, you know, the crew is uh, is not busy. So what we are doing is we are utilizing them in uh, different uh, organizational areas. That's remarkable. You know, some of the U.S. Airlines can can learn learn from AirAsia because it, it's actually frustrating for us uh, as business people running relatively small businesses when the, some of the largest businesses have a decade plus of just phenomenal financial performance and all this demand and expansion. And then the moment that there's any kind of a hiccup, they can't handle it because they've given away all their free cash flow and stock buybacks and all these weird things. So they, they really can't weather any kind of a storm. And you're here, you're like, and then they want bailouts, you know, immediately. And you're like, I can't get that <laughs> at Sada. Like I have to actually be diligent in planning for a rainy day. And so I, I really want to applaud, obviously you and your leadership for, for those decisions, because I think it really speaks like that's a true test of culture. It speaks to, we have the long-term vision, we know this is temporary. We're not going to create short-sighted relief that's actually going to hurt us in the long term. And I people like, because it's not like they can go get another job right now either. So yeah. it's just a remarkable show of uh, affection for your all-stars. And I, I was I was figuring that was going to be the answer. So that's why I asked you, because I, I knew that was going to be in stark contrast with just some of the things that we've seen. So yeah. it's ironically... I expected the answer, knowing everything I know about AirAsia. So you see our Tony, I'll say our Tony because I'm talking to a Tony as well. So our Tony is, you know, he's, he's very clear. So let's say, I think all of the, most of the organizations, you know, when we do the, the headcount budgeting, right? Uh, so, the, so we also proposed something. So let's say we proposed the 2000 headcount increase for this year. So Tony was very clear. So rather than hiring those 2,000 people, utilize the people who are free right now. And this is not a long-term thing. Once uh, you know the, the, we are back to flying, we are back to normal, uh, which might take some time. And he's okay to do the rest. And this is really every all-star, every single all-star really appreciates this kind of leadership. And that builds loyalty and all sorts of, you know, feeling of comfort, you know, like you have, your, your, your employer really cares about you. And I think that goes a long way because um, not every organization operates that way. Um, so again, I think some of these cultural elements I see in common with other companies who turn to Google Cloud, make the journey with Google Cloud. And, and certainly AirAsia, again, is one of the, the most uh, visible and, and proud case studies that we see, believe it or not, all around the US, like we see it everywhere. It's not like I traveled to somewhere in the Far East and saw uh, AirAsia Google uh, promotion. I mean, I saw it here, like main stage websites, next conference, et cetera. So obviously what you've done there is special. 
Um, but do you like what's your perspective of why Air Asia turned to Google Cloud? What was Air Asia trying to solve with Google Cloud? See, we um, you might have seen a few of my uh, articles actually, whether when I have said that Google Cloud is the best fit. And you know, this is, uh, this is something when we realized only a cloud service could meet our needs. Uh, and you know, when we started evaluating uh, the market. As, as, as an airline, we conducted proof of concept and found Google Cloud was simply the best fit for our business. It was, you know, we were already familiar with Google Cloud having deployed G Suite collaboration and productive applications mm -hmm. to our in all the countries except China, as you know. Uh, you know, products like Forms, uh, Docs, Sheets, and Gmail delivered a considerable improvement in our collaboration between various departments, as well as streamlining and automating a range of processes. We, we were excited about, you know, the, the BigQuery analytics data warehouse to power our digital transformation, which, uh, you know, we, we, Tony and our leadership talks about our digital transformation in the next five years. We knew, you know, the data was a big part of making decisions in the future. So we needed a platform that could scale to meet our growing uh, appetite for it. And Google Cloud, in particular, BigQuery was ideal for the task. So on the G Suite, I, was, I have a question about G Suite and then about GCPs particularly because they kind of impact different parts of the business in different ways. So from a G Suite standpoint, because you also own culture, like how do you, what's the correlation between using G Suite and driving culture forward? See, it's uh, in most of the organizations, in a lot of organizations, this tendency of going in, you know, uh, one organization because, you know, AirAsia, uh, is uh, a, com a combined airline of seven different airline operating companies. So we have Malaysia AOC, we call it AOC, which is airline operating company. We have uh, Thailand, we have, um, you know, India, where we have a 49% stake. So we wanted to insist that we go ahead with G Suite to have a standard collaboration suite, rather than someone having, you know, uh, uh, different, different tools without naming any. Uh, so we wanted to have a consolidated and a com uh, you know streamlined approach for the whole organization. Yeah, and and I think one thing we've heard in in the type of organizations, there's a lot of retail that operates like this, healthcare, certainly in uh, hospitality, travel airlines is the paradigm is no longer. You have so many employees that don't sit in front of a desk. Yeah, with a with a with a desktop. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know. They have these handheld devices. So, you know, with the, the beauty of G Suite is that it can be accessed anywhere. You can, you know, modify things anywhere uh, at the go as well. So uh, there, there have been times when I do not carry uh, my uh, great pixel book. I am on the phone and doing things. Yeah. And everything is, is on the go. So especially our ground staff, Tony. So the ground staff will not, we have around 4,000 ground staff, right? Uh, they would not carry laptops everywhere. So everything is done on handheld, everything. Mm -hmm. But then they feel like a first uh, class citizen in the world of your communication and collaboration strategy because they get the same tools as all the executives, right? As the pilots, like everybody, there's no tiering. Like, okay, you can have email, but you can't because, you know, it's expensive or it's hard to deliver to you. I just love how in those types of organizations, 
uh, a lot of organizations are rolling out email to everyone where before they weren't doing that because it's restrictions around accessibility and security and price and, and things of that nature. So I love that you've done that. I know that they appreciate, again, having the same tools. Like I'm the one, you know, handling the bags, but I have the same platform as the CEO. I think that's powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. G Suite first. And then later on adopted, you know, Google Cloud, some of the Google Cloud services. And so what were the services there uh, that stood out? Again, because some, some organizations, especially traditional enterprise, they seem to think it's all commodity, like it's all the same. It doesn't matter which cloud provider you choose, it's all the same. Yeah. Obviously, you've chosen GCP for, for a bunch of things for a reason. Um, I'd like to hear from your perspective about why, why, why GCP. Yeah. So see, for us, BigQuery and Data Studio are just two components of the broader ecosystem, right? Um, and we have deployed this in AirAsia. Now, the reason is that it provides a scalable message queue that enables us and our developers to integrate systems hosted on uh, Google Cloud or externally. Uh, we are also running the middleware for the APIs in a managed Google Kubernetes engine. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the deployment and the testing from our engineers, the feedback is amazing that, you know, the stability of Google Cloud services means, you know, that we have reliable base from uh, which to launch new products and features. If we have consistent reliability from our core systems, you know, Google Cloud incorporates monitoring tools such as uh, Google monitoring that enable us to identify issues quickly. Uh, developers and our product engineers can focus on turning ideas into reality rather than just keep thinking that you know, whether, whether it's possible or not possible. And with a minimal number of people's involvement, we can quickly transform an idea or thought process into de deliverables. Now, prior to Google Cloud, bringing these ideas was, uh, you know, was literally impossible. Yeah, you know, I love the way you're talking so passionately about technology and the tech stack. Coming from an HR-related leadership role, you know, and this is what's something that we drive forward, and even the way that we talk to potential customers or involve line of business in these conversations is like, in the past, this is not something, you know, the people operations team would even know about or care about, but like, you are the customer of your IT organization, you are one of the business leaders, and even like you are as familiar as anyone else, as any leader about why you've chosen the platform. That tells me that within AirAsia, there's a real partnership between the IT organization and, and line of business. Uh, absolutely, Tony. So in, in my organization, in people operations in AirAsia, we have five pillars and one is actually uh, the technologies. So my technology team talks to the IT very closely and we, we ensure that, you know, our identity solution and uh, our Gmail, everything is integrated with, uh, with Workday, with our master, uh, uh, you know, uh, HR database as well. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Because that's, that's the new paradigm of how we engage with customers. Before it was just about talking with IT or engineering or, the, you know, the infrastructure teams or the data center teams, but now, and you're kind of validating this for me now, which I didn't expect actually that, you know, even HR leadership is that ingrained with the technology strategy and is involved in those decisions and the outcomes of those decisions, which seems to be uh, something you're proud of and, and happy with. I mean, you, 
It's uh, Google's has helped change that culture within the company where the line of business is leveraging this partnership with IT to deliver great solutions to your to your all stars. And I love hearing about that. Um, a couple other areas which I know is a is a is a huge concern for 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 people in the people organization is uh, security. Right, like security yeah. is very meaningful. Of course, customer data is very important, but so is your people data. So, uh, what's your perspective on how security works in in Google Cloud and all of Google Cloud, and uh, how did that weigh into to your decision to to go in this direction? Yeah, I mean, see, one of the reasons why we went for Google as Google Cloud as well, it was because of the robust security. So, you know, as AirAsia, we are relying on security health analytics. Uh, it's a product that integrates, you know, with with security command center of AirAsia to identify misconfigurations and compliance violations. Um, you know, our Google Cloud resources can take actions based on that. Uh, our uh, we call it uh, SHA, which is Security Health and Analytics, uh, ensures the airline's budgets uh, to keeping customers' travel costs low rather than recovering from security breaches. Uh, this product actually enables us to check that resources are configured properly uh, and are compliant with our uh, civil aviation benchmarks and its critical workloads, uh, uh, you know, which runs in uh, Google Kubernetes uh, engine and uh, app engine. Mm, amazing. Scalable, fault tolerant, secure. Yeah, I mean, those are, especially with an airline, you know, with all your fluctuations in demand and traffic and all those things, I think it's... And yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the best thing is now anyone on our team, even non-security professionals, can go to this dashboard and see the, the list of uh, misconfigured assets and compliance violations. So, you know, it saves us, you know, from civil aviation audits. If there's an audit, we have the record. We know what we are doing. Uh, and, you know, uh, and this works on uh, all of our Google Cloud resources. Mm. Creates transparency and trust within the organization as well, right? You're making those things visible. Yep. Uh, one of the newer things, I don't know how new it is for you, but certainly on the newer side for us is dialogue flow. And my understanding is uh, AirAsia has deployed dialogue flow in some capacity, and I'm really excited about it. The whole uh, contact center AI and dialogue flow tech stack is super exciting for us. We're doing a lot of work in that area. How have you guys deployed um, dialogue flow? Oh, so Dialogflow is in wide use for us. So with Google Cloud, uh, well established in our uh, in in the roots of our within the business, we are using Dialogflow uh, for uh, you know conversational interface uh, with uh, with our customers, and uh, you know it it basically enables our businesses to create engaging AI powered uh, you know voice and text based interfaces. Uh, such as chatbots and voice apps to streamline operations and definitely reduce costs. The whole idea is to enable us to respond more quickly and efficiently to our customers. And, and in, in multiple that. languages as well, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, it is in multiple languages. That's the beauty of, of, of it. Uh, and it's, you know, it has resulted uh, in the initial deployment of uh, Dialogflow in AirAsia's operational areas from cruise scheduling to internal business tasks. Wow, that's fantastic. I think we're just scratching the surface of what's possible, but what's exciting for me about all of CCAI and Dialogflow, it's like the first very readily available, relatively easy to deploy, 
commercial application of artificial intelligence. Yeah. You have to have the right implementation partner as well, Tony. Of you course. know, with this, we are able to provide pilots and crew and catering and other teams with flight times, capacity, and any other relevant information about their assignment. And if they're, uh, you know, usually the crew and all, they submit their uh, medical certificates before, you know, before flying. And now, you know, with this uh, COVID-19, I think dialog flow will be in uh, much more usage than ever before because, you know, medical certificates are very important to update, uh, to update in, uh, you know, in the tool itself for, for flying pilots and crews. And who are unable to, uh, uh, to make uh, rostered assignments, they can switch those assignments to other pilots and crews with the help of Dialogflow. Amazing, amazing application. It improves the user experience and saves costs at the same time at scale. It's just very few things that can achieve both of those things, you know, at the same time. We've seen the same thing. We have call volumes for public sector and other places right now peaking like you wouldn't believe. I mean, you would believe because you've seen it, but like how else do you handle unexpected call volume of tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people? Now you can put dialogue flow in front give them a close to a human-like experience, but like uh, with an ability to get answers for them that are meaningful, that understand their intent and kick off other workflows and change statuses. And it's, it's really it's really exciting. And then, you know, again, I feel like only Google Cloud could have developed that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the the beauty of, uh, of Dialogflow is that, you know, as I mentioned, if we have... Uh, uh, implemented this in operational areas from pre-crew scheduling uh, and internal business tasks. You know, beyond that, beyond crew optimization and overall safety, we have uh, implemented this in our people and culture department, uh, you know, where we run a post-orientation engagement program for new employees. Amazing. With, you know, with employees about their issues from literally from parking to AirAsia's onboarding buddy program saving at least my teams from scheduling one-to-one -one meetings. It's amazing. So internal customers and external customers. Oh, that's yes. fantastic. It seems like you're using so many parts of the platform. seems like the airline's going to recover in a fantastic way from COVID-19. So if you were to make some predictions about AirAsia, where do you see AirAsia going as an organization in the next three to five years? Um, I personally believe that AirAsia will be, as Tony says, uh, you know, it's a digital airline which owns a few planes. <laughs> so, so we are moving into total, uh, we are going to implement the total digital agenda for the airline where all, uh, you know, the, the, the sister companies and all the subsidiaries will work together as a complete travel tech company. As I mentioned, we have around, uh, you know, 10 different companies that makes up AirAsia, which is, uh, you know, again, a, a fintech company, which is called BigPay, uh, you know, a, a trip planner, which I mentioned before, AirAsia.com, e-commerce platform. Uh, our logistics company is growing rapidly, uh, and especially with, with uh, during COVID-19, our logistics company has really come on the forefront to, you know, to do uh, new business, and it, it, it's going to hit the market very soon. Our restaurant, Santan, uh, it is doing. It is doing amazing. You know, I have tried myself. Really <laughs> good. Yeah. You know, our online store. The, where, once you get the yeah. customers, you want to provide everything to those customers related to their travel experience, right? And that's uh, that's a wonderful thing. 
Yes, yes. And we'd like to continue with the, you know, with our uh, part, uh, part of our culture is our life at AirAsia, where, you know, we have programs which engages every all-star so much with the organization and with the community itself. We have a very, uh, we have an excellent program called All Stars Do Good, where we work with our uh, AirAsia Foundation. The program connects our all-star volunteers to, uh, you know, with social enterprises outside, and we support, uh, you know, the, the the needy people. So we distribute food, food and clothing. Especially during COVID-19, we realized that you know their daily wages were struggling outside, and we yeah. collect over four thousand meals in a month. Wow, that's fantastic. That's so good to have, you know, uh, the, the private sector contribute back to the public good, you know, in a meaningful way. And I think it just speaks uh, more and more to your culture. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I think our listeners are going to learn a lot. And it's, you know, we don't generally uh, do work outside of U.S. and Canada. So a lot of our audience, for them, it's going to be the first time hearing the depths of AirAsia and, and uh, prospective customers and others who are talk, you know, thinking about this journey, I think are going to be very impressed and hopefully inspired and motivated uh, both culturally and technologically to follow some of the steps in which you certainly have been leading. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you for sharing so much knowledge with our audience. And it was uh, great to have you on Cloud and Clear. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and just for the listeners, so we fly to Hawaii. So, uh, yes, so, uh, you know, we're starting our Europe sector as well. So, yes, try AirAsia. It's, uh, it's a great airline to fly with. Thank you, Mo. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.